0: All right, guys, welcome to the 100-yard coverage fantasy football podcast brought to you by Fantasy Football Observer. My name is Stefan Arnold. I'm joined by Fantasy Football Observer Dynasty writer Caleb Barnett. Caleb, how's it going, man? It's going well. It's going well. How are you doing? Good, good. Yeah, I just want to give uh, everyone kind of a lowdown of who we are, and then uh, we'll go from there. Uh, I am uh, the editor of FantasyFootballObserver.com. I was a uh, copy editor and later fantasy football writer for a newspaper in uh, Palm Springs for a dozen years. And then more recently, I did some writing for The Fake Football, uh, Chet Gresham's site there, who's now at uh, Walter Football. And uh, I also started Fantasy Football Observer. Uh, just to get some thoughts out and put them down on, uh, the proverbial paper there and, uh, went from there. So this year I wanted to get some more voices and, uh, some, uh, better writing hopefully than what I can put out there. And so I put the call out and Caleb, you, uh, fell into my trap and you, uh, decided to sign on. So thank you very much for that.
1: Yeah, of course. No, I'm excited about it. Um, gives me an opportunity to, to kind of share what I'm thinking and and hopefully become a better writer and and learn from, from one of the best.
0: Uh, yeah, so learn from somebody else if you want to learn from somebody the best, but uh, we'll see what we do here, folks. This is our first uh, episode, guys, so we are still working out the bugs, so hang tight with us. Uh, we are definitely going to keep track of any issues we have, uh, especially sound quality and things like that. So hang with us. We're going to bring you some uh, great knowledge as we go along here. Uh, Caleb posted one of our uh, articles or one of his articles on Reddit the other day. Um, I hadn't gotten too much into Reddit uh, as much as I should have. I didn't realize what a valuable resource it is for uh, fantasy uh, football. Shout out to my, my guy, Dogzilla, hope you're uh, driving well, dude, and uh, stay safe out there on the road. But uh, yeah, Caleb, I joined uh, Reddit uh, like last week, and then um, I think like three days later, I got banned by a uh, subreddit. So is is I hope that's good. Is that is banned is being banned good on Reddit?
1: No, no, I think I think that just comes with the territory. I think you breathe and then you get banned. So that's kind of how it works. <laughs>
0: Yeah, I mean, I know uh, Reddit can uh, be a little bit uh, counterculture there. Uh, I joined the Seahawks uh, subreddit there, and I just posted a quick link to uh, a T-shirt I made uh, for the Seahawks. And, uh, you know, just like a quick introduction, like, hey, guys, uh, just joined Seahawks fan here, blah, blah, blah. Let me know what you think. Bam, instant ban. So... (laughs) uh they have their reasons we talked it out a little bit um wish them nothing but the best but maybe uh one day i will be worthy of the seahawks subreddit otherwise you can find me on uh <laughs> dynasty football and the fantasy football subreddits as ff observer uh caleb you're on reddit obviously uh who who are you on uh, reddit there man, man?
1: Yeah, I, I just made an account for this, and so it's at Dynasty Analytics,
0: is the name of the uh, is the username of the account. Yeah, you're you're all over the Dynasty League and all over the analytics on this. So, uh, what we're going to do today, folks, is talk about uh, one of Caleb's articles about overvalued players uh, in Dynasty leagues. And uh, Caleb hurt me to my soul when he brought up this first guy. Um George Kittle. So uh Caleb, why is he overvalued uh going forward in Dynasty Leagues?
1: Yeah, but let me start off by saying I, I like Kittle as a player, right? And I think as a fantasy asset, especially in Dynasty Leagues, he's a great piece to have. But if you're buying into his current price um in startup drafts, I think that's a little steep. Um I think he's going in just stock one tight end PPR leagues he's going towards uh, the start of the third round back end of the second and to me that just doesn't make a lot of sense um, tight ends normally don't justify going that high um, in stock, stock kind of formats um, they typically don't repeat when they score uh, over 200 points of the 18 tight ends that have done it um, in the past I think 13 years only seven of them have done it more than once. And to me, it's just, I think he's a prime candidate for regression. He produced a lot with a quarterback that is no longer going to be throwing him the ball if Jimmy G stays healthy. Um, And he
0: averaged a lot more yards per catch than you would expect. Yeah. So he was at uh, 10.2, if if I'm not mistaken there. Um, Correct. And he, you said in your article that his expected was um, his expected was seven, so that's quite a bit higher. Um, he did only have five touchdowns, so I think that might uh, actually increase. Uh, Zach Ertz had eight last year, and of course uh, Travis Kelsey led everyone with eleven. So um, here's my here's my thoughts on Kittle. He's definitely uh, expensive, right? If you're going to pick him in the third round. But, Caleb, what do you think about the return of Jimmy G? I mean, hopefully um, they're going to get better quarterback play. Um, Nick Mullins, uh, he had 10 interceptions uh, in only eight games. To give you some context, Kurt Cousins and uh, Derek Carr had 10 interceptions in 16 games. So, Caleb, do you think with uh, Jimmy G that even though we may not see see the – the yards after reception stats we actually see more yardage and maybe more touchdowns than the five that Kittle had last year yeah
1: I think the touchdowns could definitely go up um but for me it's they may get better quarterback play but they also may get better wide receiver play um in addition and so I think um, the targets may go down because, I mean, Marquise Goodwin was terrible. Uh, Dante Pettis came on a little bit, but if you're expecting any sort of progression from him or any sort of an appearance from Debo Samuel or use of Jarek McKinnon out of the backfield or Tevin Coleman out of the backfield, there's more mouth and more competent mouths to feed in that offense. And so I think Kittle yeah. may be... Pitching passes from
0: a better quarterback. He's also competing with better options now. Yeah, it's definitely um, McKinnon was injured last year, so he's coming back. Um, And then, of course, they signed Coleman, like you said. So I'm a huge, huge fan of Coleman. Uh, Obviously, Kyle Shanahan uh, knows Coleman from their days in Atlanta. So Coleman's going to get the ball. I see that. And obviously, uh, Dante Pettis is going to progress. Who knows what we're gonna get from uh, Samuel? But I really think that um, George Kittle will be on his own. And when I when I look at players, especially when I'm drafting, um, I I tend to give them a longer look if they could be the number one overall uh, player, like number one tight end. So I think Kittle has that chance. Maybe not likely if. Kelsey stays healthy the whole time, but what do you? What percentage do you think Kiddo could be the number one, uh, even if Kelsey stays healthy? Is he? Uh, does he have any shot? I mean, I think he has a
1: shot, uh, right? But to me, Kelsey is a clear um, favorite to be the tight end one, and so I think it's probably ten percent or less in my mind.
0: Yeah, that that's. That may be right. I mean, I'd go probably a little bit higher, maybe 20%. But obviously, if Kelsey gets injured, then he definitely could be. But um, it, it's full price. So There's no question. The only other thing that caught my eye was they're definitely going to have to be uh, on top of their game offensively in that division. With uh, Cliff uh in Atlanta now with Kyler Murray. Um that team's going to be all offense. Their defense is, is not uh, wonderful. They're missing Patrick Peterson due to a suspension early in the season. You know the Rams are a powerhouse. And uh, the Seahawks added some offensive weapons uh, with a couple of wide receiver draft picks. Um, so I think the 49ers are going to have to throw and uh, throw often to stay in games. So Kittle's, Kittle's valuable. Uh, you're definitely paying full price, but, um, but he might, he might be overvalued. Absolutely. So, all right, let's, let's move on to our next guy. This guy is a little bit of a black hole for me. I, I don't really know, have a good feel for him. I should say Um, didn't really get him in any of my leagues last year. And that's uh, Packers running back, Aaron Jones, Um, Caleb, Talk to me about Jones and why he's overvalued right now in Dynasty. Yeah, I pass, Aaron Jones passes the eye test. When you look at him, you're like, he's the best running back
1: um, on that team, no questions asked. I don't know why they don't use him more. Um, but then you kind of start to break it down, and it's, well, he's a fifth-round draft pick out of a small school with no big previous profile coming in, um, teams just normally don't show much allegiance to those guys. Um, And so no matter how well they produce, eventually teams tend to just move on. An example of that would be Jordan Howard. I mean, he had several thousand-yard rushing seasons and was just traded for a 2026th round pick. Um, Jay Ajayi came off a Pro Bowl season, uh, was traded for a 2018 fourth-round pick. Um, and to me, it's just, when you look at those guys, uh, they have to be exceptional to stick in the league. And while he did lead the lead, why he did lead the league in yards per carry at 6.25, he was only 38th in the yards that he created himself. So a lot of that probably came from the blocking scheme, having Aaron Rodgers as your quarterback and defenses, not being able to load the box. So to me, that kind of signals, yeah. maybe this is a replaceable guy.
0: Yeah, I think, you know, he didn't really have a lot of um, workload last year. I think it was 133 carries, if I'm not mistaken. So, yeah, I mean, here's a guy who, he, as you said, he, he looks good, um, but who knows really where they're going to go with that that coaching staff um you know maybe they use rodgers a little bit more and the running game is is really put put on the back burner um they got dexter williams out of notre dame he's only a sixth round pick but as you said jones is only a, a fifth round pick so maybe um maybe they um you know work dexter williams in there who knows about that I mean, he's right he's being drafted right now what, in the late third, I think, uh, of dynasty drafts. Is that right? Yeah, that sounds about right. Late third, early fourth, somewhere in that range. Yeah, I mean when when I come across that, I don't know about you, but I'm taking Marlon Mack over him. I know Leonard Fournette um is you know, he's he's a little undervalued now. He's gonna be in that same range. I'd probably even take Derrick Henry and just his his upside on that. What do you think about like Mac Fournette? Those guys, comparable players in that range. Are you taking uh, those guys, or are you going to stick with Jones? To, to me, Fournette is a is a clear um,
1: buy at that price, especially compared to Aaron Jones. I think he's one of the few players, and outside that, you know, um, top thirty that have a chance to move back into the first round. Um, discussion in his career. He's got the the draft capital. He's got the production when he's on the field. There's some injury concerns, but if he's able to stick through those, I can really see him jumping back up. And then I'd even take Mac and Derrick Henry over Aaron Jones. Um, to me, they have more sustained options. They don't have similar draft capital behind them. They've produced for more than one year, the team has made it clear that they're their guy. Um, and I think the Packers just haven't done that with Aaron Jones.
0: Yeah. I, I'm, I'm mashing Mac all day long. I mean, if you give me five leagues, um, and I come across Aaron Jones or Marlon Mack, uh, screw diversification. I'm just taking Marlon Mack. Uh, I think he's in for a big year. Um, yeah, I mean, that's a, that's about it for Aaron Jones. Uh, Caleb, our last guy is um, Hakeem Butler from the Cardinals. Uh, talk about him for a second. Yeah, he's not being
1: drafted super high, but it's still too high. <laughs> Day three <laughs> wide receivers are just not good bets. Um, they They just... Don't I mean they have less than an eight yeah, percent chance round. of ever be right, right? Um, they have less than an eight percent chance of ever becoming a wide receiver twenty four or better for round four wide receivers. And there's already a lot of question marks in his profile coming into the league, um, and the draft capital just kind of solidified those question marks. It didn't answer them. He's a great athlete we know that um but he wasn't used in the red zone in college which you should be if you're as tall as he is and have as big of a catch radius as he does um he didn't start producing until he was 21 at a smaller school where he should have been kind of the start and i mean he was kind of gatekept by alan lazard who we've seen how that's turned out in the league um And then to me, you look where he went, he went to the Cardinals. I mean, and they've got a similar, I'd say similar prospect in Kevin White, uh, who's got an elite spark, a good dominator rating, but has better draft capital. Um, And so to me, it's when you compare those two, I'd probably have Kevin White in whatever round he's being taken at, if he's being drafted at all, than Hakeem Butler at this point.
0: Yeah, it's... Currently not a good thing if you're being compared to Kevin White. So, I mean, Butler, right. as you said, he's, he's a big dude. He's 6'5", but he's, as you said, he's out of a smaller school, Iowa State. Um, full senior, he had 1,318 yards and nine touchdowns last year. But, I mean, draft capital works both ways because not only was he the 103rd pick and the, uh, the top pick of the fourth round, that means most other teams in the league – Uh, didn't draft him two times, three times, four times, five times. So, you know, if every team in the league kind of passes him, sure, he could work out. There's no question about that. I mean, Tom Brady was 199th. Everyone knows that. But um, the chances of him, as you said, being a top 24 guy, a wide receiver two on your team, it's just a lot lower. So... The Cardinals obviously, obviously, uh, I'll say that twice. Uh picked Is Andy Isabella in the second round. So they put more stock in him, literally. Um, they could have come back in the top of the third round and picked Butler if they really wanted to get their hands on him, but they picked a uh, defensive end out of BC uh Zach Allen. So uh maybe Butler slipped, maybe they have a guy. Um and you know they do they do have some hope. Um I was taking a look at um, the draft uh, drafted wide receivers near his range. Again, he was 103rd. Butler was 103rd. So I took a look at the guys from 90 to 110 in the last few drafts. And here are some names. Traquan Smith was drafted 91st. Kiki Coutte, uh out of the Texans was 103rd. Uh, Callaway from the Browns, 105. So those are names that we still may get something from, but... Uh, you know, Smith hasn't totally popped. So, um, you know, those are just last year, but, um, you know, we'll see what happens with those guys. 2010, 17, Kenny Galladay was 96th, but here's a miss, right? Chad Williams, 98. He was Arizona. Amaro Darba from the Seahawks. Uh, he washed out, had some injury issues, uh, He's on the Seahawks again after being with the Patriots for a second, but he is likely going to be cut. D.D. Westbrook was drafted 110th in 2017, so there's something. Chris Moore of the Ravens in 2016. Um, so there's there is some precedent there for guys who may have a nugget of value, especially uh, Traquan Smith, and I'm a huge fan of Kiki Kute. He just looks like he's going to be – awesome if he can get on the field um but yeah i mean are you drafting butler at all i mean i at some point you have to in a dynasty league you're you're drafting pretty much uh every uh rookie but what what would you do in that spot if you came down to butler or say a similar late round running back or even like you know a backup quarterback or someone like that are you, going to, are you going to pick Butler or are you going to go with one of those other guys?
1: I'm probably going to take the other guy. Um, to, to me, I mean, you even look at someone like Terry McLaurin that's going a whole round behind him in rookie drafts, who got drafted higher with his college quarterback in a better spot um, with less competition around him. I'd take him over Butler. I'd take Devine Ozigbo. I'd take uh, Demaria Crockett oh, and maybe even Will Greer, some of these guys, because I just think statistically they have a they're better investments.
0: They have a better chance of hitting than Hakeem Butler does. Yeah, I mean, with with a late round uh, wide receiver like that, I would rather put my my pick on even a running back. You know, the running back's probably not going to work out, but if the running back hits from that spot, it's so much more valuable than. Uh, getting a wide receiver two or a wide receiver three, you know? Um, I mean, the Cardinals have Christian Kirk and uh, they got David Johnson coming out of the backfield, just like uh, Kittle does with Coleman. So um, there's going to be some mouse to feed in that lineup too. So I just don't see it with Butler early. Um, all signs are kind of pointing to ho-hum with this guy early, but maybe we're wrong. We'll see what happens with that. Um Yeah, so Caleb, uh, tell me what you're working on next for the Fantasy Football Observer. Yeah, so
1: I think I'm going to be researching and writing a piece uh, about some backup running backs that could potentially find um, some game time and some
0: value for your dynasty teams uh, this season. Sounds good. Well, I will work on the corresponding article, and I will do uh, undervalued... Uh, wide receivers for Dynasty, and we'll go from there. Uh, So that's it, folks. That's episode, we're going to call this episode negative three of the 100-yard coverage fantasy football podcast by the fantasyfootballobserver.com. Caleb, thanks so much for joining me, and uh, we'll talk to you soon. Yep, absolutely. All right, guys, that'll do it for us. He is Caleb Barnett. You can be found at underscore Caleb Barnett on Twitter. That's underscore C A L E B B A R N E T T E. On Twitter, I am FF Observer on most of social media, including Twitter and Reddit. Thanks so much for listening to our very first episode of our 100 Yard Coverage Podcast, guys. Really appreciate it. If you could please. Hit subscribe on wherever you are listening to this. Really mean a lot to us, guys, and that would be awesome. Thanks, guys. Have a wonderful day, and we'll talk to you next week.